Welcome to Final Fantasy Weekly. I'm Drew Kreisman. And I am Ira Kreisman. And on this episode, we will be discussing the music of Chrono Trigger, as composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. And it's a good one. There, There is a lot of it, and it's almost all incredible. And I love it. Yeah, there's not much else to say in a working thesis other than... I believe this to be one of the greatest soundtracks of all time, on par with the best of Final Fantasy and John Williams and Howard Shore and Hans Zimmer. It's that good. I have a handful of critiques. They're nitpicky little things that I forced myself to come up with. Because the other thing we're going to have to do here almost criminally is jump through some really good pieces of music very quickly because I want to make sure that I give the best of this soundtrack time to breathe and and for us to talk about a little bit and I don't want this episode to be two hours long (laughs) but Yasunori Mitsuda and I learned this from The Resident Arc guys, so tip of the cap to them. Almost famously now, experienced ulcers while composing the music to this game because of the stress that he was under, because of some emotional things he was just going through, and his melancholy pours into this score in almost every track and it really is one of the few video game soundtracks or or again scores to anything movie television whatever that you can put on and listen to from track one through to the end of track 60 and not need to skip forward other than maybe the battle music. We'll talk about that. I'll get into that. I didn't want to end that on a sour note. But And even then, it's not abrasive, the battle music. I'll talk about why I don't think it's especially great when we get there. But that's my working thesis for what we're about to jump into here. Yeah, and mine is that it's very pretty. And I like listening to it at work and other places. <laughs> Awesome. One other thing before we begin, Ira. I would like... Yeah? <laughs> uh-huh. I've... I mentioned the melancholy a moment ago, and for me, for a long time, there have been a handful of pieces on this soundtrack that I absolutely love, but would say I have a hard time listening to. Certainly don't put them on regularly. As I was mentioning a moment ago, I would never turn them off or skip through them. But they really get into me in a way that is not always 100% pleasant. And it's not because the music isn't pleasant. And Am I being clear about the feeling I'm trying to describe here? Sure. There, There may be, I don't know, slow you down, bring you down make you more contemplative than you want to be when you're trying to put stickers on the spines of books. <laughs> right. There's there's a haunting 
element to them. And I, in going through this, found seven pieces that do that thing to me. And I wanted to see, just as we're going through here, if you could figure out which seven. If so, so just as I play one, say I think that might be one of the seven. Sure, sure. I've I've got a couple running through my head right now that I think might be one of them. I do want to point out that it's particularly interesting. You you mentioned the melancholy of some of these tracks when we were just talking about Akira Toriyama and his bright, bold character designs. There's a nice juxtaposition there, though that. That even though these guys are all friends and this is an adventure, like, you know, some some bad shit is happening. Yeah, they really carry the themes, especially the undertones of the story. And I'm going to correct course a little bit here because we're actually going to begin with some of the more upbeat stuff. I've separated the soundtrack into two very broad categories. And the first is character themes or character music. And you might think, well, there's only like six main characters in this game. Right, but there are more characters who get their own themes, and I think that's really important. So we'll we'll get into all of that. Beginning with the main theme, really where we do have to start, uh, that I feel like is also a stand-in for Chrono's theme, as can sometimes be the case in, in these games. Chrono Trigger, cleverly titled. This is the hero song. This is the hero piece. This is the song when when we need to get amped up to do something heroic to decide to stop Lavos or whatever else has come up. This is the song that plays that says, all right, now we're making a choice. We're, we're taking a stand. We're going to do a thing. Yeah, it's also the first full piece of music that we hear in the game after we get some cool clock ticking noises. It exists mainly in three parts, all of which are awesome. It's got this building percussive introduction that does exactly what you were just talking about, serves to get you excited, ready to go on the adventure, or ready to save the day. This is the music that plays when they decide they're going to stop Lavos, uh, stuff like that. Then there's the main melody played, and we hadn't heard this in... Final Fantasy games before, and you don't hear it a lot in this generation of video games on a saxophone, obviously a, a, a sample of a saxophone. It's distinctive, and it's used a couple of times on the soundtrack to represent a kind of timelessness, and it stands out against the traditional you know, woodwinds and strings and stuff you would hear in a more typical orchestra having that saxophone take the lead gives it a a, a more modern feel it's also a video game piece that does not loop after about a minute and a half uh, which is what i was really used to it it goes on for a while it's its own full-length musical piece and the way it does that is by not just having that one primary melody which is extended as you mentioned in and of itself but then the strings take over the melody at that point and introduce us to 
what is actually the major motif of Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross. This theme that plays on the strings is the heart of Yasunori Mitsuda's concept, and it's the heart of this entire universe. While we're playing with tropes and and twisting things up a little bit, the first character theme that you can actually hear, so I'm technically going to put it next, because if you go and get into a battle and win before going to the fair, you will hear the fanfare music. Now, of course, this is an interesting area to be in because the most famous fanfare music of all time has been composed by Nobuo Uematsu for the Final Fantasy series, legendary stuff and Mitsuda goes a completely different direction with it like why is he talking about battle fanfare music because the music that plays when you win a battle is also the music that is the character theme for Luca And it's also the fanfare music rearranged in Chrono Cross, which allows her spirit to live on in that game as well. It's great because it sounds not only like, right, you want fanfare music to sound celebratory, but this also sounds relevatory. And that's what makes it so perfect for Luca, who might as well constantly have a bubble above her head that says, Eureka! And honestly, we can't talk about character music in Chrono Trigger without mentioning this really weird example of diegetic music. Yeah, yeah. It's got lyrics, even. This was so weird, yet endlessly enduring and charming. You, you, sir, are referring to the true hero of time and space. The I, I have to assume, actually, so in that anime scene at the end when uh, Luca's created a sort of toy proto-robo robot, yeah. I assume Gato is the, the the predecessor, is the, like, if, if proto-man is the proto-man to mega-man, then Gato is the proto-robo, and without robo, we all know we're screwed, so... I'm just saying, deserves his own character theme, and it's classic and awesome, and it has lyrics. And he sings a challenge to you. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. Quite famously. This has even been remixed and redone, and people have a oh, lot yeah. of fun with it. It's just... So does that mean he's also a bard? He's a ro- robotic... He's a robot warrior bard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it in the realm of 
lighthearted side characters. I'd played it when we got to this point, and I find this melody, again, just super charming. Not a whole lot to break down here. I just like listening to it, and I do like the contrast it serves when, by the end of the game, you're fighting Speakio with the most powerful spells in the game, and it's still got this just music that sounds like it could be playing while you're walking down the beach. Yeah, this is this is a cute one. It puts me in mind of the Balam Garden tune, or maybe vice versa. You know, Balam Garden puts me in mind of this. I like these pieces that we get in games like this, where it's here we're a little more relaxed. Like out there, the world is dangerous, but in here it's safe, and we could just have a good time beating the crap out of each other with magical spells. Yeah, I also like anything that can put a melody on the xylophone. So to, I guess, go through it chronologically, really, for a moment here in order of the way they're introduced, we got to talk about maybe the most enduring and famous and long-lasting and most remixed and rearranged character theme from this game, belonging to everyone's favorite anthropomorphic frog, the cleverly titled Frog's Theme. As Sid would say, F- yeah, man. This is a cool, like, god damn it. This is another really cool hero theme. It makes me, like, when this plays, I know we're about to get something done. Some We're going to make something happen. It makes you want to stand up to the bad guys and and be honorable and, and be and be heroic and, and do the right thing. So that's my music theory take on it. Yeah, I'm going to have to get the beeper back out for this episode, but that's fine. That's good. It's fine. Hey, it's a soundtrack worth getting that excited over. I agree. I love everything about this. There are some great bendy notes on the flute that you don't hear very often, probably more of a piccolo, and it gives it sort of this Asian feel while still sounding very European, especially in the arrangement behind it. It's got this great percussive element to it, a lot of syncopation, the trumpets in the background are doing great uh, supportive work, Uh, you got these triplets, it's just full of these groupings of three notes that we talked about it with the battle music of Final Fantasy V, how that ba-ba-ba-ba can make you feel like uh, forward momentum, I've got your back, we're going to do this, and this theme is built on that concept, and it's, I think it's coup de gras here is the grouping of triplets that move upward the it makes the song build in your heart it's a swelling and how can you not get behind this guy and whatever we're about to do when this music plays it makes you feel like you can cut a mountain in half nice another favorite inspirational piece that It's got a little bit more cheese on it, if if you ask me. Though, I love it forever. I'm not trying to pick on it. It does honestly bear a striking resemblance, both in chord progression and melody structure, to 
that uh, Rick Roll song, Never Gonna Give You Up, but that's okay because everyone loves Robo no matter what. also got a nice fun little industrial beat thing there that reflects you know him being a machine and the kind of physical nature of the character the next major character theme on the list is one i mentioned before really liking when it came up in the story but i also like that it kind of defies expectations maybe more than the last couple we've listened to, and that's Isla's theme. It's interesting that he resisted the temptation to make this overly simplified or to only use what we might consider to be prehistoric instruments. It's, you know, a full orchestra, there's timpanis, there's trumpets, the main theme is carried by a flute, which probably could be considered an ancient instrument. Uh, Certainly it has ancient roots, but it's also a little bit complicated in the way its melody is structured, the way it falls down quickly, rhythmically at the end. It's not a simple piece. And I think that it, as we've said a lot with the music in this, helps to highlight the undertones of what might seem on the surface like a simple character to let us know that just because Isla doesn't have the most complicated vocabulary doesn't mean that she isn't bright and in some ways, in many ways, more enlightened than many of the other characters in the story. Something I think is interesting about all the character themes we've talked about so far, with the perhaps the exception of Gato's theme, is that they are all kind of upbeat. They're all kind of peppy. I talked about some of them being heroic, and really I feel like they are all. When Robo's music kicks in, I feel buoyed. I feel like, you know, we're going to do a thing. When Isla's music kicks in, even when Luca's, which is pretty short and is on a pretty short loop, is the victory fanfare. So it's all, it all lends to that these characters are... One of the things we talk about in short stories is you don't want your characters to be pluckless. You don't want them to just let things happen to them. You want them to make decisions and do things because otherwise your readers mostly aren't going to be on the side of your characters. These characters' themes all have pluck. They're all doing something. They're all going somewhere. Yeah. Except maybe for uh, the next guy. Yeah, like any good yin yang, <laughs> there, there must be the counterbalance to all of that. And we have it with 
what was on first playthrough my favorite character theme, probably precisely because it's so dark and in many ways sinister, is Magus's theme, one of the longest tracks on the whole soundtrack. It's got this long opening build that really helps to draw the tension. I remember being frustrated with it. You know how you can go at the end of time and talk to each one of the characters and their theme will play and you can just kind of jam out right. to their theme for yeah. a minute? It takes a while for the Magus theme to get to the part where it's really kicking. I remember just walking around the end of time, like waiting for those low strings to build. It's like not as tension inducing when you're just waiting for the moment, but Oftentimes when it's played in context, it's super effective. The string melody that hits you first is really dark and brooding and just can get into your bones, into your skin. And it's one of those things that's been rearranged a bunch of times and always sounds really intense. And I love it. But there is this hint, because remember... Magus isn't the villain of this game, even though we believe him to be for probably more of it than we understand the actual villains. But there's this moment at the height of the song sounding its most sinister, which is when we get a counter melody on a piccolo that comes in and turns the whole thing into this kind of madness. A trumpet melody bursts through and all of a sudden, we've got again what Ira was talking about a moment ago, a hero theme. Complete with more groupings of three notes, little triplets that just, it's a good move. They're even faster in that, which add, uh, I think speak to the intensity of the character. And then another flip side to that coin would of course be his sister. that I feel like you could also consider to be. I mean, Chrono Trigger has a, a very clear main theme. We played it at the beginning. It's called Chrono Trigger. 
But I don't think anyone would fight with you if you played this piece of music as the main stand-in for the heart and soul of the game. Despite, as we talked about before, Scala getting a limited amount of screen time, she too represents the heart and soul of the game. This piece of music seems to cry out of Yasunori Mitsuda's soul. It, 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 it stuns me to listen to it to this day, uh, especially after the kind of chiming bells have introduced us to this very beautiful and comfortable place, the flute, I don't know if it's a flute or an oboe, actually I think it's an oboe oftentimes, playing way in its high register, just sounds like a, a, a cry from the far reaches of time. So the way you describe this piece, Drew, suggests to me that this might be one of your seven. I thought maybe I gave it away there, but I also wanted to subtly <laughs> hint that we were still playing the game. I thought that might be one of the easier ones, so well done. Sure. It's a fantastic piece, and it does... Now, you might have to uh, correct me here. Is this the same piece that plays at the end of Chrono Cross when you beat Levos not by killing him, but by playing music with magic? It's not the exact same, and I'm 90% sure that's true. Uh, but it's they're very similar. They're built on a, a similar concept of this percussive, chiming melody uh, that is at some point overtaken by a longer series of notes, either on a woodwind or stringed instruments, that draw out the, the pain that is being expressed here. And then really, out of that pain comes a kind of melancholy acceptance of what Joseph Campbell called understanding how myth teaches you about the inevitabilities of your life. And when you've traveled all throughout time and seen that everything ends, you come to that kind of not necessarily sad place. Sad is the wrong word. Melancholy is probably the wrong word as well. But an acceptance of the dark part of the light and the light part of the dark. And for me, that is summarized in the track that is oftentimes considered a stand-in for Marl's theme, or it's Chrono and Marl, or it's the epilogue, it's Two Good Friends, it's Far Off Promise. It's got that many names for a reason, despite how simple it is, because I think it's the natural conclusion to all of this pondering on some deep, dark, puzzling questions. to assume this too is one of the seven it is indeed uh 
yeah, this this is a beautiful piece. It it harkens back for me to the music box piece from Final Fantasy V. You, you got to be kind of careful with the music box trope. It can be overdone. It can be overworn. Uh, it can feel very trite. I think in this case, maybe just because of nostalgia, uh, maybe because of the age we were when we played this game, but I find this piece beautiful. I think I especially find it so in comparison to everything else that has been played musically, that has been played in the game sense, uh, in the art direction, like everything else that has happened makes this piece not trite, but rather a nice, simple counterpoint or, or juxtaposition to everything else. And there is one more character piece that I've left to the end here and when I was going through this soundtrack originally I didn't think yeah this one's gonna be in my favorites but I forgot a few things about the way that it works when you consider how the entire piece works I I find it to be an exceptionally compelling concept and that is Lavos's theme. So at first, there's nothing exceptional about this piece. It's great mood music. It's got that big pipe organ that makes things dramatic and sometimes if done just like this can feel evil or at least menacing. You've got some brooding strings similar to what we heard in Magus' theme. It builds tension very slowly. It, it, it properly accompanies scenes of this giant alien creature destroying the planet. It's apropos for the end of the world. But as we just talked about with Epilogue and Scala and Magus, there's never just one side to this, to this story, to these pieces of music, to these characters, any of it. And out of all of this scariness comes one of my favorite melodies of all time. This melody, which is also done separately in a track called The Day the World Revived, which at some point will start playing behind me as I'm speaking here, 
is another one of those that I think you could consider a, a kind of main theme for Chrono Trigger. It, it plays a couple of times throughout. Uh, we mentioned how in Final Fantasy V there are a couple of pieces of music that comp- that accompany you know, when somebody dies or uh, something terrible has happened. And this is one of those pieces, but it also carries with it that tinge of, but it's going to be okay. Yeah, Levos has just destroyed the entire world, but there remains, sometimes quite literally, a seed of hope. should have known this was going to happen, but we're going to have to pause our conversation here for the time being. There are about 25 more pieces of music, that's right, 25 that we want to talk about outside of the category of character music, and so we're going to save that for an episode of its own. Don't worry, that'll be coming up very, very soon, but thank you so much for joining us for this time. As always, make sure that you're following us on all the social media stuff at FF Weekly Pod. You're checking out the Patreon. And just keep enjoying Final Fantasy and Chrono Trigger right along with us. Join us next time. <laughs>